The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. We're going to talk now about one of our members of the European Parliament, Mick Wallace. Because he is back in the news in recent days in relation to Ukraine and Iran. And before we hear an extract from a speech he gave in the European Parliament yesterday, we're going to talk to Naomi O'Leary, the Europe correspondent of the Irish Times, who has done exceptional work over the last year or so, cataloguing Mick Wallace's behaviour in the European Parliament and indeed that as well of his close friend Claire Daly, another MEP. Naomi, thank you very much for joining us. And just before we play a little bit of Mick Wallace from yesterday, can you maybe put this in context and explain to listeners, maybe those who aren't following it closely, exactly what the situation is in Iran at present? Sure, thank you so much for having me on. Um, so what's happened in Iran is a young woman called Masa Amini uh, was killed while in police custody or died while in police custody. And she had been arrested for wearing a hijab, which the morality police in Iran considered not to be up to scratch, not to be sufficiently modest. Um, and this death in custody, uh, while not particularly remarkable, seems to just have been the spark for an outpouring of anger and rage, um, particularly by women and girls, young girls, children, uh, who have risen up in massive protests that the Iranian regime has really struggled to get under control over the last few weeks. Um, so the protests have swept the country. And in response, um, the re- Iranian state forces have launched a very violent crackdown on the protests. Uh, According to estimates uh, that were given out by the UN, um, there's been as many as 300 people killed, including 40 children, and as many as 14,000 people arrested. Um, So it's really a a crackdown which is quite extensive in scale. And I think it's fair to say as well, many men have come to the support of the women and girls as well in this regard. That's right. Protests have been mixed. It's difficult uh, to get um, independent reporting in the country because it is quite a restrictive environment for journalists to operate in. Um, But, um, you know, social media has been used to distribute the images of protests. And we've seen, you know, women uh, tearing off their headscarves, leading protests and uh, chanting, uh, demanding rights and to have to be able to live normal lives uh, where, you know, their every movement and what they wear isn't policed by a very oppressive state. Let's hear a little bit of the MEP for Ireland South, Mick Wallace, in the European Parliament. Last week, we had MEPs and members of the European External Action Service and even some world leaders spreading disinformation claiming the Iranian government had decided to impose the death penalty on nearly 15,000 protesters. When the lie was exposed, the Canadian Prime Minister deleted his tweet, but he did not issue an apology. There are peaceful protests. Many Iranians are unjustly imprisoned and should be released and far too many have been killed by the aggressive crackdown. There have also been much violence and murders by some protesters, untold damage and destruction. It would not be tolerated anywhere. John Bolton confirmed that the Iranian opposition is now being armed with weapons entering Iran from Iraqi Kurdistan. Iran is under attack. The media assault is intense. The campaign of propaganda and destabilization brings the Syria regime change operation to mind. 
those who supported the so-called Syrian revolution, say nothing today about Syria lying in ruins, illegally occupied, sanctioned to death, with millions displaced and hundreds of thousands dead. Is this what you want for Iran? McWallace being a contrarian voice, as often he is in the European Parliament. But what sort of reaction was there uh, to some of the claims that he made there? Most of the reaction is focused on part of his speech um, in which he said Iran is under attack and which in which he also accused the protesters of violence and murders. And he said that there was a propaganda campaign against the regime. Um, this struck people in the European Parliament as kind of an unusual uh, thing to highlight and to use his platform to highlight um, because it does chime quite closely to what the Iranian regime itself says in its defence. So the uh, the sort of the line of the Iranian state is that these protests are being manufactured by Iran's enemies, um, that protesters are violent, uh, and you know that's the, their self defence um, is the rationale for the violent crackdown. Um, so there was um, an unusual level of reaction, I would say, uh, to this speech and intervention by Mick Wallace. Uh, one staffer told me that at this point, controversial interventions by um, this particular MEP and also by Claire Daly had become somewhat routine at this point, so that the reaction was quite muted. Um, but as, you know, um, Mr. Wallace himself shared the clip online uh, repeatedly, um, I think the reaction grew uh, in volume after that. So we saw two MEPs come out um, with criticism to Irish MEPs about the speech, saying it's really important for us to be absolutely clear and not equivocate that we are supportive of Iranian women and their rights and not of the regime. Um, and we also even saw um, some support from left-wing uh, MPs also, TDs also in Ireland. Um, so that's a new development, I would say. Naomi, of course, it's not the only controversy that he has been involved in or Claire Daly in the last number of weeks. They've recently also opposed a European Parliament resolution to declare Russia as a state sponsor of terrorism. Now, what was the explanation for that decision from Mick Wallace and Claire Daly? I think um, that particular vote um, where they voted against hasn't been among the more controversial of their votes. Um, they have tended to vote against or abstain on a number of resolutions regarding Ukraine. So, for example, there was a vote in the European Parliament this week on whether to give financial aid to Ukraine, and they abstained on that. Um, as you say, they also voted against the resolution on Russia uh, to deem uh, Russia a state sponsor of terror. I've spoken to some MEPs, um, MEPs who themselves had some concerns about that um, resolution because uh, the idea of a state sponsor of terrorism is actually a US concept. It's not something that Europe has. So there were some kind of worries about whether this was sort of tokenistic um, and whether it had any point. Um, however, I think people's minds were changed by the fact that after the resolution was passed by a majority in the European Parliament, there was actually a retaliatory cyber attack on the European Parliament by pro-Kremlin hackers, um, which, uh, you know, really disabled some basic parliamentary functions for a few hours. And that was really seen as a, a, an attack on the heart of European democracy. So obviously it wasn't that tokenistic uh, to them and it actually mattered um, apparently to the pro-Kremlin side. Um, so really that caused like, more unity among MEPs on, on this resolution. Um, so it wasn't that surprising that they would vote against it because they have a track record of uh, 
I suppose, having a more um, conservative approach towards the um, invasion of Ukraine. Um, and they're often in a very, very small minority in terms of rejecting amendments that are, you know, grand statements of solidarity with Ukraine. Because, Naomi, they have also voted against sanctions being placed on Russia and seem to say that NATO is in some way responsible for the illegal evasion of Ukraine by Russia and that NATO is drenched in blood. How has it reached, or how have they reached that conclusion? Um, I mean, I think that is very much their viewpoint. Um, they... Uh, in their, they hold to the view that you know Russia was provoked into its actions um, uh, by NATO. Of course, that that isn't uh, the, the view that's predominant in Ukraine itself, um, and that is uh, the view that that Russia states as well. Um, so um, it, it's not a particularly popular view, I would say, um, in the European Parliament, and their advocacy of that point is quite controversial. Um, I've also shown in my reporting that. It's uh, it's very popular in Russian language media. Um, so it's a number of occasions where um, Mick Wallace and Claire Daly have made statements that cohere more or less closely to what authoritarian regimes themselves say. Um, those regimes then use their statements and point to them and say, here's two European parliamentarians, who's, here's two important European politicians who back us up. So they use them for domestic uh, propaganda purposes. Thank you very much, Naomi O'Leary, Europe correspondent of the Irish Times. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.